Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Wendy's with us in studio today and we're both sitting here in the background tearing our hair out in frustration because the story we'd hoped to start with today hasn't panned out. Uh, We've had a a cluster of UNISA complaints that have been on our books for uh, quite some time now and Wendy has been valiantly fighting in the background to try and get them resolved. Everything from, uh, you know, missing degree certificates to module registrations gone wrong to unannounced exam changes and the like. And Wendy, I know our promo said we were going to be talking about it today, but they've done it again. They've responded without response. To the cases, yes, I got a response about another case that I've taken up for, on behalf of a 702 listener. Um, really, really interesting one. And I said, and by the way, I haven't had responses to these other two. Response was um, told I'd have a response last week and then Monday and then the adventure came yesterday. I had to go back and say, but where are the Cape Talk cases? I sent them. I said, it's there. It's at the bottom of my original email. And I haven't had a response. Oh, so, so so next week. But yeah, um, one of our complainants who wrote to us on behalf of his son-in-law that hadn't been given his degree, she was told that it's strike because of strike action. And the um, UNISA spokesman said um, what I, he did tell me was that, um, no, it's not. There is some action, but it's not impacting on the running of the university so so that's why I really want to see what you know what possible um, answer there Answers is for that and the other one was around um, someone who who was told there would be um, hard copy uh, study, study material and, 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 yeah. and it's been told now it's only online which is not what he wanted but yeah and pulling teeth comes to mind because it's just <laughs> okay oh I mean I, I, I won't give up but well, I'm sorry we, to have, we have a promoted of, yeah we have a sense of what the listeners are going through in their attempts exactly. to communicate with them yeah exactly. yeah so our apologies I know the promo said we'd be talking about UNISA and I'd already had one or two people saying I'm going to be tuning in because I'm also oh. struggling with the UNISA issue but we please, hope we'll be able to do so next week well please feel free to send those issues to me or Pippa to add to the to pile. Add to the pile. Okay, all right, done. In the meantime, what we will do is bring you a couple more travel issues. One of them is uh, fallout directly related to the Comair liquidation. The other a separate issue. Uh, we'll bring you an update on the fireplace uh, delivery story that we've been watching for a few weeks now. And then I hope we'll have space for some open line calls as well towards the end of the show. So if you want to dial in and ask a question or make a comment, you can phone us on 021-446-0567 or send a WhatsApp to 072-567-1567. Wendy, let's start with the latest on the Comair um, situation and the, the latest fallout is a whole lot of holiday makers impacted who were hoping to be sunning themselves on a beach in Zanzibar yes. next month. Now that was Shame. an up-down story um, literally so yeah you can imagine the disappointment at the weekend more than a thousand people um, discovered that um, their booked and paid for Zanzibar getaways via a package holiday operator called Africa Stay had been thrown completely into disarray because the operator was struggling to actually get them there physically. So the hotels, all of that was in place. Um, And Africa Stay has been running these uh, package tours very successfully for for quite a while now. Um, So... Um, you can imagine for them a, a reputation hit that they could have done without. That's really not of their own making. But, yeah. but it's all sort of ended up okay with a lot of scrambling. So Africa State Stay normally operates a twice-weekly charter service to the island. Um, and the notice was that they'd have to suspend um, those twice-a-week um, flights into Zanzibar, obviously out again. Um, Tuesdays and Saturdays they've, they've been flying out from this week. 
um, right over the peak holiday season until the 16th of of July. July. Um, their company's director, Marianne Sandu, said um, that they had been charter, charting a um, aircraft from Global Airways. They operate Lyft Airlines, by the way. Yes. But in mid-May, that, that plane had to be taken out of service to attend to a, a technical issue. And it was then that they signed an agreement with Comair, can oh, you believe, the series of unfortunate events, to lease. They need a 174-seater Airbus because otherwise it's not economic. It, can't, you know, it doesn't work out financially um, viable for their customers. Um, so they were going to use the Comair plane um, until mid-July when they got the global plane back. But then suddenly Comair's collapse had left Africa stay scrambling to find replacement flights to no avail. We spoke to every airline, um, the director told me, and none of them had suitable aircraft. I wrote the story up for Times Live yesterday saying, you know, what do you do? They'd, they'd managed to get an aircraft for a couple of nighttime flights to get people who were there back. Okay. And, and one of them, which left on Saturday, some people, um, quite a few of them actually, 130 out of 174, um, took that flight and said they would find a less direct way at at greater expense on their part. Just to back. get home. Yeah. Just to get back. Okay. But that was, that was where we stood. Okay, but there's been some good news as of yesterday, I believe. Yes, fly safely to the rescue. Um, Africa stays, well, look, they're going to be paid for this, obviously. It's not, it's not a, a charity <laughs> not gesture. Not a white thing. No, no, no. <laughs> so um, the um, Africa stays Zanzibar package will resume from this Saturday. So it's just a week that service was interrupted for after FlySafe made one of its planes available for the twice weekly flights. Um, the departure times though have had to shift to the evenings because as um, FlySafe's uh, chief marketing officer Kirby Gordon confirmed to me they are using they're not going to disrupt their own um, schedule Settle, and they don't okay. have spare planes so it's one of their planes that is going to be used after hours after they've because they don't fly Gosh. at night. So they'll do their yes. own whole day schedule and then go okay Africa stay here's the plane We'll right, get, we'll get your passengers so, to Zanzibar. Yes, okay, and that's sure. until July the 16th when Global's plane comes out of its um, <laughs> technical refurb. Technical refurb, thank you, and um, and normal service resumes. So I just thought it was interesting to share. Well, because we, uh, our first heard of this actually from um, Gareth Brown of Cape Town. Um, who said you've probably had many complaints that actually by that stage he was the first to say that um, this had happened. He'd got the notification. Um, his he and his partner and three friends were due to fly this coming Saturday with Africa Stay to celebrate his birthday. They each paid on average around ten thousand rand for flights, accommodation, and meals at Paradise Beach Resort. So it's a good deal. Yeah, you can see yeah. why they had their numbers. Um, so I took up the case with. Um, Africa stay because um, there were some options on the table, but he wanted a full refund. He didn't feel why he didn't see why he should have to um, suffer a loss. And of course, Africa stay will say, "Well, we're, fi- we're saying we'll refund you the airfare, but we negotiated with the hotels. We don't really have much say over that." But anyway, yeah. um, Gareth uh, came back to me to say that um, Africa stay had had agreed to issue them um, 
a hundred percent refund, great. which was great. Okay, and um, Fly Safe had said that they were because he had connecting flights from here, from Cape Town oh, to Joburg. Okay, um, Fly Safe had said, okay, we will give you a voucher um, minus a three hundred rand cancellation fee. Um, so they had cancelled all their bookings and made alternative holiday bookings closer oh, to home. So Muscle Bay, I think you were just talking oh, about gosh. Muscle Bay. So if they'd held out, they yes. actually would have been fine. But I mean, they had no way of knowing no, on Monday that, that the situation would be resolved so quickly. Yes. Yeah. So oh, or by by Saturday. Yeah. So so anyway, he's happy enough. He said thanks for for intervention and. Um, yeah. Okay, at least they've got their refund and they've made another plan and managed and they, to find they're an They're going to celebrate holiday. his birthday closer to home. Okay, well, happy birthday in advance, Gareth, <laughs> and I hope that uh, you have a wonderful celebration in Mossel Bay. Okay, so thanks for the update on that. That's good news indeed it is for Africa's very good Day news customers. And, indeed. Th- yeah. and I just want to say yeah. um, one more thing is that I checked, do you remember... Um, last week, Comed confirmed to me that it was going to make good on its promise, despite the liquidation, that uh, it would refund all those people that bought tickets on the sale. for Kalula yeah. on the sale of May 31st. They would be refunded. I had one or two, I think I got one email and I saw someone on Twitter um, complaining that they hadn't. So I went back to Comed's spokesman to, uh, about this and he said um, yesterday afternoon, I've been told that this has happened, i.e. all the the refunds made, but I've asked for a final check and absolute confirmation. He hasn't come back to me, but I think it's fair to say it's pretty much all done because otherwise I would have seen a deluge a flurry of, of questions. complaints yeah. about okay. that. So at least that happened and that would have been, they never would tell me the number of people who booked on that sale uh, for Kaluta flights, but um, I think it would have been fairly considerable. Yeah. And, it, and that's quite a lot of um, recourse, I think, at least for those people. Thank heavens for that. Yeah. Okay, thanks for the update. Now, not so happy the next travel-related story. And just, Wendy, before we go here, I want to make one thing very clear because we had a glamping firm in studio a couple of weeks ago talking about travel and it's not them so the wonderful <laughs> experience of the tented camp in the Bort River Valley with uh, with Cape Canvas Collective they're still going strong and taking bookings and giving people wonderful experiences please don't <laughs> muddle yes, up the two because people um, I think all of us we have a tendency to slightly miss here yeah it happens um, more often than you would it's, think it's really um, prejudices people that, that don't deserve it yeah so. so it's for the record it's not the same firm we are talking about. This is an upcountry largely focused tented adventure glamping firm, Wendy, and they just seem to have disappeared. Yeah, What's the last I heard, I do have some sympathy from um, the owner of um, Tented Adventures based upcountry, as you say, um, Bainan Tutoy was when he put out an impassioned plea to Sunlam, who he'd in, in, was insured with for a business interruption yep. in 2020. Um, he had uh, sort of three months into lockdown. You could imagine he and all other operators in that in the travel industry had um, run out of funds, and he had cancelled because it's quite expensive that insurance, kind of insurance. Yeah. And in June, early from June, I think he lost paid in in in, in uh, May, and then um, he didn't get the pay, didn't qualify, oh. and he just was beside himself. Obviously, so that was the last I heard of him. But anyway, now um, I've I've heard from a couple of people who had booked, um, paid in advance, sort of via vouchers and um, deposits um, for. Um, these glamping experiences in prime Highfeld game parks, including Kruger National Park. Um, he was putting out some, you know, from April, apparently some people arrived and, and weren't allowed entry at Kruger. And um, in May, Vernon Dutoy posted an open line letter online saying he was making every attempt to save the company from the ravages of COVID-19 um, and that he was... Um, 
the, the deposits paid by customers were not going to be used to enrich myself or for personal views. But um, as the familiar story, the Facebook page has since been taken down and last Thursday due to a closed LinkedIn account. Oh so it's one of those um, just disappeared um, off the radar completely yeah, and well, have you been contacted by yes, the affected so customers so one of them Wendy? was Robin Gould I've spoken to two Robin Gould of Durban told me he'd been looking forward to a two night stay at Pretorius Corp with family members during the July holidays um, at uh, having paid Tented Adventures in early December already and um he said these casualties are sad and the individuals must be under immense pressure, but communication is key rather than just going to ground. And I think... Yeah, we've said that it's so, so often, Wendy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want compensation like everyone else, he said. Another victim, Petra Stewart, uh, she formed a, a WhatsApp group. She said she has the names of 110 people who bought Tented Adventures um uh, paid in advance uh, for, for for holidays, glamping holidays. 61 of them had joined the group. She says, I believe there could be hundreds of people that lost money. As Vaynant in one of his posts before the Facebook account was blocked mentioned that he had 400 re- refund requests. The total sum that she knows of uh, due in refunds is 450000 She says she's tried four or five email addresses that are now not oh, working. Dear. She can't get hold of him. Um, but as you say... Um, Please don't um, associate this word glamping with um, with my my with your, yeah, my crowd yes. <laughs> you on the show. Okay, so, so Tented Adventures being an upcountry, uh, and we're talking about bush adventures and the Kruger Park type of thing. Not again, not the Cape Canvas Collective crowd we had in studio a few weeks ago. They are very much still in operation and delivering on the service promises that their customers are paying for. Uh, if you've been impacted by the Tented Adventures cancellations, and uh, you'd like to add your name to the list of of uh, uh, customers that Wendy's tracking, you are welcome to send us an email to pepperh at capetalk.co.za or email Wendy directly on uh, consumer at nola.co.za spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R. Okay, before we get to news time, Wendy, um, there's another cold front moving in tomorrow. I have been thinking of our listeners in Somerset West waiting for their fireplaces that never arrived. Um, And um, I know last week a question came in from another customer saying, what's going on? I'm still waiting on my refund. You did some more follow-up this week. What happened? I did. um, As you say, um, we we had that listener at the end of last week's show who had also awaiting redress from uh, this company, Fireplace and, and Chimney based in Fishhook. Um, so for those who missed the previous segments, we had a string of complaints from listeners who'd paid 80% deposits for their fireplaces, but were repeatedly being let down on installation promises. So the date would come and then there would be an excuse and they'd be given a new date and so the pattern would repeat um, for weeks and in some cases months. Um, and so... I, well, at the time when I took up the case, owner Jim Rousseau cited shipping delays and the fact that the largest wholesaler of steel fireplaces uh, was in Ukraine. Um, plus, he pointed to strikes at the port, floods, COVID, diver- and diversions of containers. All of which are genuine business circumstances at play in the world today. Make no mistake, uh, we are all aware of the fact that there are huge delays in shipping for one. But um, it, 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 yeah, the number of, of customers, the level of communication with them, and uh, question marks from from others in the industry saying, "Well, yes, there are delays, but but 
not that bad. Wendy, you've been in regular contact with Jim. You've been sending him lists, chasing up the yeah. outstanding, particularly those customers you said, I don't want the fireplace anymore. I just want my money back. What's the latest on those outstanding uh, refunds? Okay, so I sent Jim an email with a list of 11 people demanding refunds, among them Sean Sheraton, who phoned us on the very first show in late May. So he still hasn't got his money back? No, he, oh, no. he's due 14,000 rand. He still hasn't. I've checked with a couple of others who... Um, haven't either. The one said, please don't name me because I invited her on the show. She said, because I've now had a promise for the end of the month and I don't want to scupper that. Okay. So, um, so as I say, they weren't all new people, but there were quite a few new people on that list of 11, which I sent. Um, Jim responded this morning by sending me the message that he has sent to the affected customers. Uh, he has 14 on his list. Um, it again mentions problems with erratic international supply and delays linked to the pandemic and shipping disruptions. This is what he said. Well, some of what he said. It was a very, very long letter. I'm hoping that you will give us a chance to make right with you. I want to make it right in any way that I can. Today is winter, winter solstice and you all should have had your fireplace by now. I will so solve this if you are willing to give me a chance in the next three weeks starting today. I can't get to everyone this week, but I've already started with some of you. So some may be next week and some the week after, but I am well able to do whatever it takes to deliver in full. He was at pains to assure me that he's a legitimate businessman, well known in the Fishhook area, a family man, and um, very actively involved um, in the community. Okay, so it's sort of one step forward, wait a little bit, another shuffle forward, wait a bit. What 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 is? Concerning me, I mean, somebody's just SMSed Wendy, who's another of those waiting, having lost a 30,000 rand deposit this month, saying, um, you know, they're aware of this person on the SMS line, they're aware, says they're aware of 50 customers who Five are o. waiting. 5 0. Okay, well, um, obviously, we don't have all that. of those details, yes. but yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> we don't seem to be getting anywhere, is what's worrying me, is, and, 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 the promise stays the same week after week, but 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 the resolution doesn't happen. There is some resolution having happening, but as I say, you'd think someone like Sean Sheraton, uh, our first complainant, he was the one that brought this situation to our attention, and then yeah. I've heard of all the others. Um, you'd think that he would have got his money back by now. That's a little little um, worrying oh, a big for red me. Flag, yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, he's a. Pains, uh, he, sorry, he, he said for further context that as a reseller, he's competing with the wholesalers themselves. In other words, the same companies that supply fireplaces to him are also selling them direct to market in South Africa. And they are using the limited incoming stock to fulfill their own sales before his resales. Okay. So, which, but, oh, no, yeah. so it's the con- but the consumer is left, you know, these are known restraints. The consumer's just paying, seeing an advert for a product at an attractive price and thinking yes and investing their money. And it's not an inconsiderable sum. A couple of people have um, a new one on, on the latest list, have had him, them come and take out an old fireplace, leaving a big, big gaping hole. So it's I actually know. leaving them in a worse situation, I saw, yeah. and then not come. To and put the new one. Put the new one yeah. in that an 80% deposit has been paid on. Oof, not good enough. So, enough, yeah. uh, look, um, it's never an intention to to bring any companies down. That's the last thing we want. What, we, what we're here to is hold the companies to account. And when yeah. you get a sizable number of complainants all saying the same thing, then it's our duty to, to, to expose that. It, yeah. But, but we, I mean, I am, and I know you shared this, we want to see this company survive. That was his undertaking. Um to all his customers, we aren't going anywhere. We're in this. We we we're, we're here for our staff and the community, um, and and 
you know, all power to that. We want to see that happen, but we also want to see the delivery because it's can't, as you say, he's acknowledged it's now winter. This is the time I'm certainly using my fireplace every, every night. night yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it, things need to happen and they need to happen fast. So we'll keep on monitoring it and we'll keep on updating you. I mean, I, I mean, I hope in one of these coming weeks, Wendy, we're going to be able to say that the entire list has been I either would, had their fireplace installed or their money repaid. That would be a very happy day for it me. Would, I we hope can that leave this comes. topic away. But, we, you know, journalists are, are notorious for not doing follow-ups. And I think in this case, we are obliged to, to keep every few weeks yeah. at least to come back if we're still getting complaints. Okay, so if you are, are still waiting and or you are new to the list, you can pop a, uh, an email through to Wendy Consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. Call now on 021-446-0567. That is the number to dial if you'd like to raise an open line question with Wendy. For once, we've got a nice chunk of open time available. So call us or you leave a voice note on 072-567-1567. Chris and Lakeside, good afternoon. You'd like to raise an issue around West Bank, I believe. Welcome. Yes, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's the story? Um, I have a leisure finance uh, agreement with West Bank uh, on a motorbike. And and I've held it with them for about four years. But it's one of four motorbikes that I own. And for some reason, that contract got loaded with insurance without my permission uh, about two and a half years ago. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't notice the... The change, unfortunately, I, I missed it, uh, the change in repayment. Um, but then when I was looking to settle it recently, I, I saw a, a, an amount being charged. Um, and now uh, on the 1st of June, I raised it as an issue. Um, and then my subsequent, and then my subsequent uh, order that went through, or uh, debit order, debit order that went through on the 15th of the month charged me for the insurance again. Um, I've been sending. I've sent emails. I've done a reconciliation on a spreadsheet and sent it through to the guys. Um, and I'm still waiting for an answer. And every time I, I send an email, it takes three days to get a response, to which I get told to wait for a for resolution. Okay, I've I've covered something like this. Well, the only input I can give is if every now and then um, somebody who has their own car insurance um, buys a new car and then discovers down the line that they're being credited for a car insurance that the um, the car financer, be it West Bank or another, has unilaterally taken out on their behalf. So what happens is the, the, the insurer um, has, uh, how does it, yeah, ins- the insurers, the, the bank, sorry, the finances um, have a right to, ins- to insure or to insist that your car is um, insured, right? While they have the right, yeah, the, uh, the skin right. in the game of your car. Yes, so, yeah, so and at, 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 when you when you purchase the vehicle, or when in this case a motorbike, um, they ask for proof of insurance, which yes. are provided. Okay, so that st- has been in good standing since. So that's the unacceptable part. In cases that I've had, such as this, um, the complainant has been able to prove that they did submit proof of their own insurance, and yet the um, insurance was taken out anyway. And and my point is, where's the underwriting? Where are the questions around the key ones that that affect your premium? Where you park the car, whether you work from home, um, what your security arrangements are, and all the rest. So it's just all wrong as far as I'm concerned. My my understanding is they're they're insuring their risk in case the, the vehicle is stolen. Oh, I see. 
or written off in, entirely. They're insuring their, their outstanding risk on, okay. on that. So it's agreement. a different kind of insurance. All right. Yeah, they're so, not insuring it if you scratch it or, or, or drop it or whatever. They're they only want insuring to, it if it's completely disappeared. Okay, so that they, they, they're they not left, okay, with possibly the, the client exactly, not being able to repay. To yes. Exactly. Okay, so, well, I mean, you're welcome to email me um, for me to just send a quick email through. It's normally an annoying administrative lapse. And that somebody hasn't um, noted that you've sent through proof of insurance and it's just gone through as uninsured and so they apply it unilaterally. So that's no. Apparently, I was I was contacted, but the the email address that they had listed on my account was incorrect. Oh, oh okay. As I said, an administrative lapse. Yeah. That, that one email that with an incorrect with one typo in it is now what they can now charge me. Something no, they can't. Based yeah. on that, so they, I don't feel like that's it. As a matter of interest, Chris, how much money has it added up to? It's about six and a half thousand rand. No, over no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Over, over how over long? Two and a half years. Oh my goodness me! It's okay, ch- it started off as the as the amount has decreased, the insurance has decreased with it. Oh well, that's something at least. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not much, but something. Okay, sounds like Wendy definitely would, needs to follow I, up I would on this very one. much like yeah. to. It's been something that's been going on, on for two and a half years, but certainly um, jumped to the top of my priority list. So um, if you could just put in the subject line, um, um, unjustified insurance, or, uh, bike insurance or something like that, so that it leaps out at me, uh, I will okay. forward that on. Please don't forget the policy number. In your yeah, I've got. I'll send the, the whole chain of. I've, I've made a phone call. I've got a reference number of it. Okay. And okay the great. email chain that followed. As long as it's just one email, please. Thanks, Chris. Yep. Okay, thank <laughs> you for that. So the email address to use is consumer at nola.co.za. K N O W L E R. And what Wendy said is really important. Please, all of the relevant information, and this goes for anybody who's raising a case, put everything in a single email. It is just impossible for Wendy and I to track multiple emails with attachments and see the under separate cover this it's you the way it comes into our inboxes the number of mails in those inboxes it really is you know we just don't have the time and capacity to piece together the pieces uh, of a jigsaw puzzle that have been also, shaken up and yeah, yeah. and also if it, everything's in one email i don't and i don't have to write back to ask for more information you it makes me it so much away. It, yeah. it, 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 increases their chances. I mean, I woke up this morning, grabbed my phone as, as I did. Someone sent me all the relevant um, information on their, I can't even remember what the case was. It was correlated. I sent it off in bed from my phone at six o'clock. I mean, easy peasy easy for to me do. to do. Yes. I had to write back and then it gets lost in the deluge coming in. So really for your own sake and mine, just just try and think of all relevant dates, all everything that I would need as a investigator if you like to pull it all together and send off a query without having to go backwards and forwards that would really help both of us okay thank you for that and Chris I hope that Wendy's able to get some resolution for you on that one yeah several people commenting on the fireplace saga uh, Wendy still SMS's coming through and WhatsApp's uh, uh, somebody saying I've also been waiting for our fireplaces to be installed at both my parents property and mine we are 40,000 rand down thanks for creating awareness on the fireplaces unfortunately there are many people still being scammed is the phrasing on another WhatsApp well, he would ob- object to that yeah. but that's yeah you can that, understand that's the feeling that's out there. Um, I know Jim has been at pains to say it's not a scam. He has but, put his yeah. hand up in, in this latest letter that he sent to 14 of his clients uh, today or yesterday. He says, our communication is terrible and in capital letters, but believe it or not, we had a client who was delayed because of stock and was so happy in the end that she offered her services as a business coach. 
She starts her sessions in customer <laughs> service next week and wants me to sit like a student in a six-hour workshop because she says I need it the most. I hope it's going to be after hours. <laughs> Well, you need to you need to sit through it and listen, Wendy, because um, yeah, as you said so often before, it's another case of you know the the, the poor communication doubles down on the impact of the service issue in the first Completely. place. So and, um, and yeah, yeah, doing mea saying mea culpa is lovely. It's refreshing, but there needs to be some action to actually address the issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Going okay. Forward on that. Jonathan WhatsApp to say, sorry, I'm a bit late is, uh, to this one, but are Kaluna refunding tickets bought earlier this year? Um, I mean, Wendy, it depends on when you bought them and what category of buyer and, you and fell into. You said those who bought on the sale on, have on been the, refunded. On, yes, pretty much. Um, that seems to have been resolved. If you bought in the normal, um, just normally on any other date, um, if you were a Discovery Vitality client you got a discount through them and you're also with discovery bank you would have been refunded right by now so clearly that uh, that's not the case with this listener um what are your other options you can apply for chargeback which i would strongly recommend if you um, provided your card. if you bought yeah. the credit card and provided your bank the bank concerned that issued your credit card they if they all have different chargeback application windows cut off so yeah. um there's that and it's often um, if you bought earlier this year, it might have that might be game over for that. Um, and if you had, if you bought with Travel Star and you happen to take Travel Start rather, and you happen to have taken out the optional uh, and paid extra for the airline liquidation fee protection. Um, then you will be refunded that way as well. By Travel Start. Okay. Yeah, by Travel Start. Otherwise, I'm afraid you join the list of creditors. Yes, and unfortunately, the, the customers the get to the bottom of the queue and, and stand to get only a few cents in the round. Okay, thanks. Uh, thank you, Jonathan. We've got 15 minutes of open line time. If you'd like to raise a question, you can call us on 0214460567. You can send an SMS to 31567 or a voice note to 0725671567. Um, Wendy, while we wait for the next open line call, you dealt with an interesting story around shopping trolleys this week. I, I know did. You wanted to mention. I was hoping to get more information out of Pick and Pay than I did, but I think it's still worth sharing. So Carol McPherson of Pinelands uh, said, me a photo this week, earlier this week, of a trolley that her son had confiscated from someone who was walking past their home with it, civic-minded fellow. Um, and it was quite some time ago, she said. She'd alerted Pick and Pay and Howard Center about it, wanting them to collect it, but that hadn't happened. And despite her sending several reminders, as she put it, trolleys cost a fair amount of money and losses are passed on to the consumer with higher prices. So I raised this with Pick and Pay and I asked them a few broader questions about supermarket trolleys um, because they do often seem to be annexed yeah. by consumers for personal use along with crates. That's another story. Yeah. Um, I have very quite a few fine upstanding uh, people who have these crates in their boots and, and, and don't consider that actually they're not that supposed you, to keep them. You don't pick them up from the back of a supermarket or wherever you find them and help yourselves. Those belong to the suppliers. Yep. And it costs them millions to replace. But anyway, we're talking about trolleys here. I asked what a trolley costs to replace. Um, it was one of those smaller trolleys, not the huge, huge ones. The okay. nice sort of middle-sized trolleys. Yep. Um, I said, um, 
the redistribution in inverted commas of trolleys of trolleys is so commonplace. I'm not even sure people regard it as stealing anymore. What is Pick and Pay's feeling on this, and what is the most bizarre use of a trolley that they've come across? I was hoping for something, but you know, colourful. Anyway, yeah. what <laughs> happened first was Carol emailed me to, uh, yesterday to say, "Today, a guy from Trolley Services Management at Howard Centre arrived to collect the trolley. I'm so grateful to you, as I'm going overseas tomorrow for six months. That's today. Bon voyage, Carol. Um, so I'm very happy to have this result." so swiftly thanks to you and then today pick and pay said we have a service provider that is responsible for the management of the trolleys as part of this contract they employ dedicated staff to safeguard clean and maintain our trolleys and they are solely responsible for any loss of or damage Ah. to our trolleys in other words no cost is passed on to the consumer if a trolley gets stolen which i think a lot of people i think carol's the only one who's assumed yes Um, we do, however, count our trolleys weekly and engage with our service provider as needed. But this is really required. As I say, no, no answers to my other questions. But they're basically saying it's not our issue. Actually, and it's not it's passed this on to the consumer. Trolley services management. And, Interesting. And, Yes. I'd love to know the answer about the cost of a shopping trolley. So me too. Um, it's a, it's a corporate could just, you know, you ask these what I think are interesting questions. questions are the answers to which I think would be interesting to lots of people. But... Yeah, for some oh. reason, I, I would love to know. I, I think we can we can assume that it's more than we think. I'd really love to know the answer. Yeah. Maybe we well, anyone in the game who that. knows yeah, and wants to be a whistleblower and phone in anonymously and tell us. Okay, yeah, 021-446-0567. That's the number Charlene has called from Tiervatus Kloof. And Charlene, I believe it's a question around medical aids and, and codes not, not, oh not weighing up. Good afternoon. Hi, yes, ladies. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, it's been rather frustrating. In December, my daughter was taken up. I'm not. I don't know if I may mention the service providers' names, or do I refrain from that? I think for now, let's let's not. And if I, I, can, okay. I might prompt you just now, depending on what you say. Sure. Okay. So she was taken up in a well-known hospital group um, with a terrible flu. They ran some tests. And the two tests that they ran, one was a bacterial blood test and the other one was viral because obviously doctor wanted to see, you know, she's got, um, she didn't have COVID. She ended up having influenza A. Mm-hmm. So um, going forward, I got the bills, the medical aid paid out for the one blood test. And then I got a bill from the, um, not to mention the, from the pathologist um, to say that, the other one is not paid for. So I, I communicated with my medical aide, asking them, do they not cover for one or the other? They said they cover for both, for bacterial and viral blood tests. So I converted it or conveyed this back over to the um, pathologist and said that the medical aid does not recognize the code that they give for the viral blood test or the bacterial, and one of the two. So it was this way that were emails being sent. Eventually, the outcome is that um, the laboratory and the, the pathologist saying, well, sorry, we're not going to change the code to suit your medical aid. And the medical aid says, well, we don't recognize the code and you are covered for both. We will pay it, but we can't enter the number, that, the code that they're giving us. And now the next thing is they want to hand me over and it's quite a big fat bill. So what do I do? 
Yeah. If I can jump in here, Charlene, I had exactly the same situation a month or two ago with a a bill where where a couple of items were rejected from the pathology lab because the codes didn't match with, in in my case, it was discovery. And we we pushed back to the pathology lab saying, you know, what's going on? There's something. And they issued a new statement with new codes and the bill was settled in full. Have you have you tried sort of asking the pathology to um, to 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 explain how their codes don't match up with the with the medical aid one? I have a virtual paper trail on emails asking that, um, and they've just come completely back. The pathology saying they are not prepared to change the code. Even the my medical aid, which is really excellent, great service to them. They've tried. They've contacted them directly and said to them, "We do cover for bacterial and viral. Please give us a new code so we can pay you." The pathologist lab says completely, "No, we are not changing it." We are not going to provide a code that will suit your needs, even though you are covering for both. They're not prepared to give a new code. I must settle the bill. And my medical aide says they don't know what to do more about it. Who's in charge of that? There's a sort of a health schemes ombud, isn't there? There is. There's a um, council for medical schemes. But I did a show um, around such issues for our sister station, 702, um, probably in 2012. 20 last year um, and my investigations took me to a Mark Hyman who is founder and CEO of MediCheck and for a really nominal fee he takes up he used to knows the environment <laughs> very very, very well, well. Yeah. and he takes up these cases um, and we had him on to discuss some of these things that happen that leave um, the the customer, the patient, Out the medical pockets, yeah. sitting between two stools and both of them not wanting to move and them being prejudiced, which is not supposed to happen. Um, mm-hmm. So I can share with you um, MediCheck's details. Or how about this? How about you email us if you can and I will then sure. liaise with MediCheck to try and get some answers of how we clear this up because he'll certainly know. What to do? No, I think out of principle, it would be nice to pursue it and just, I mean, just to get rid of the frustration, I can just end up paying it. But I just feel, you know, I'm the kind of person that I don't just settle for accepting, you know. Yeah. Well, this, this what is, is the amount as well? Did you? Uh, it's almost close to 3000 No, that's... Seven, that's yeah. a lot of money. While we've been talking, Charlene, two other WhatsApps popping in. One saying exactly the same thing happened to me with a radiologist. They refused to change the codes and have handed me over to debt collectors. Another mm. one saying a pathologist code not matching discovery codes for a PCR test and they will not change them. So there are two other. Well, maybe we should we do that for next week yeah. if we can. If I could, the sooner I get those emails, the sooner I can. Okay, so Charlene and to the other two people who've just messaged us, please, if you would like us to look into that, uh, or at least just to share your experience. Um, all the reference all details. All of please. the details, please. And I know it's going to be a long, uh, long codes, one in this case. Your, policy, your, your, your medical Dates scheme of treatment, number. venue of treatment, yeah. uh, all of that. But if you can send that email to consumer at nola.co.za, K N O W L E R, put uh, medical aid codes in yeah. the subject line. 
line, please. And please, those other two people who sent those WhatsApp, if you would be willing to share your experience with us, we would really, really value that input to help add to the case that Wendy will then build and uh, put to to MediCheck to see if they can assist with an intervention. Um, And if necessary, then then look at the Council for Medical Schemes as well. Charlene, thank you very much for calling us uh, on 021-446-0567. A caller has phoned in to say to Wendy that apparently a 90-litre all-plastic trolley what would you guess? I don't even want to embarrass myself. I don't know. Three and a half thousand. Uh, yeah, so that is. I would have said maybe two at most. So three and a half thousand rand. Now, Depending on the size, ninety liters the big one. Ninety liters the very big one. The, I think the classic yes. size um, for plastic a trolley. trolley. Okay, so then yeah, you consider the loss of that's a substantial loss every time one of those walks out of the the parking lot, never to come back again. Yeah, but um, if you think about the answer, there, I mean, they've got to pay. So it's like the so trolley company extra, management company takes all the risk. It doesn't seem. Yeah, but again, I mean, as much as I can say it's not passed on to consumers, but the cost of them having to outsource that function to a third party, of course, will be will be yeah. uh, translated into yeah. into costs for the consumers at the end of the day. So it all comes out somewhere on the end of the line that we are paying. Okay, uh, Wendy, two more uh, fireplace and chimney mm. messages in, and they're both from complainants we have been dealing with before. One of them, Joanne, saying, "I have emailed Wendy. I'm the one that uh, they left a hole in my roof." Um, they left a hole in my roof. We've discovered they damaged my ceiling as they didn't keep to only stepping on the rafters when they removed the old fireplace. Now I now have ceiling damage as well. Mm. And then a message from Helen who contacted us last week yes. saying, so listen to this. Helen said last week I resorted to finding a new installer. She's already got her fireplace. Okay. She says, I took it took one week to get my fireplace installed. Same supplier as the one I'd ordered through fireplace and chimney. So it's not a supply shortage issue. Still haven't heard anything further from Jim with regard to my refund. And it is now over seven months that he has had my money. Okay. Helen, thank you for that update. And I'm glad at least that you've got your fireplace in place ahead of the cold front tomorrow. Thank you. Okay. Uh, that's the reason we will continue to follow up on that story. Thank you, Joanne, as well. I will pass your full SMS on to Wendy for her to read uh, and uh, add to her, her follow-up lists. Okay. Um, very quickly, a last quick WhatsApp in from Alan in Belleville. It's an issue I know we've dealt with before, Wendy, but maybe you could just remember, mm-hmm. remind us where the law sits here. Please touch on how these estate agents can randomly call you and ask if you want to sell your property and they have your address. Surely the Poppy Act was meant to put an end to this, says Alan. I've had another two calls in the past two weeks alone. Yes, you'd think so. And certainly the deeds office, right? Once it's yeah, if you if you yeah, I don't want to even suggest it, but um if you yeah, you can find that information about previous owners and on your property and all sorts of who else owns things in your road and all the rest. Yeah. Um, but certainly, if you if you um, refuse, if you if you specifically state, I do not want any further contact, and they're still contacting you, that is um, a very definite um, uh, contravention of the Poppy Act. And um, I mean, the route to go, the formal route, is to complain to the information regulator. Okay. Um, and I would love people to start doing that, that we can assess what kind of, um, what their response is like, what, mm. what, what, you know, are they effective as a regulator? Do they take 
some kind of action against repeat offenders. Repeat offenders, yeah. yeah. And it's as simple as calling as emailing info regulator at uh, .org .za, info regulator .org .za, uh, to, to lodge a complaint. So, Alan, I... Uh, you can copy to me as well. Then they, I must say, the um, media liaison person is a delightful woman who is super, super efficient and helpful okay. and has been a great source of information and help to me in investigating some of the populated stories that have come my way. So, yeah, they've, they've certainly done well in employing her. Okay, that's great to hear. Uh, nice to have the opposite experience of the Unis experience yes, exactly. to, to, to end the show with. Uh, Wendy, as always, thank you for the work you do on behalf of our listeners. Thank you to the listeners who keep the stories coming. And once again, keep them coming, please, by email to consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R.